Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pods Sleep Stories. My name is Chris, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey, a sleepy retelling of the classic beloved tale, The Little Prince, one of the most translated books in history. We will travel to distant planets, find creativity in unexpected places, and learn one of the most important lessons of all. You can only see things clearly with your heart. The most important things are invisible to the eyes. Before we begin, however, Let us take a moment to relax and find comfort in the space that we're in, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. With your eyes closed, take a deep breath. Turn your attention for a moment to the way your body feels. Notice the points of your body that are in contact with the mattress. The weight of your legs sinking into the soft bed. The comfortable sheets that are smooth and cool against your skin. The way the pillow cradles your head, giving it a place to rest and refresh. Feel the way The blankets lie against your skin, embracing you and welcoming you to this safe place of comfort and relaxation. Now, search your body for any tension or heaviness you may be carrying. Perhaps there are aches and pains that have come to the forefront tonight. If there are, we will take a few minutes now to slowly ease any discomfort or tension together. Start by slowly, slowly breathing in while tensing your hands and arms. Clench your fists together and pull your arms together as tightly as you can. Hold that tension for one, two, three, four. And now, release it completely with a full exhale. Feel the soothing energy that washes over your arms and hands as you free them from the tension you've been carrying with you. Then, move to your torso. Tense your stomach and chest, inhaling slowly as you do so. Hold that tension for one, two, three, four, and release it with an exhale. Take another deep breath in, 
Noticing how sweet that deep breath feels as it enters your lungs and exhale. Now, move down from your torso to your legs. With a slow inhale, tense all the muscles in your legs as tightly as you can. Hold that tension for one, two, three, four, and release it with a full exhale. Feel that warmth and relaxation surge through your legs as any tension you've been carrying melts away. And finally, turn your attention to your head and your shoulders. While inhaling slowly, bring your shoulders up toward your ears. Clench your teeth and tense any muscles you can in your face. Hold your breath and feel that pressure building for one, two, three, four, until finally you release it completely. Feel a new sense of clarity, a new refreshing energy swirl over your head, freeing you of any weight you were carrying there. At any point on our journey into the kingdom of the little prince, know that you can return to this exercise to relieve any tension you may be feeling. It is something you can come back to at any time to calm you and ground you. Now that we have taken the time to find comfort in the space that we are in here and now, let us begin our story. When he was just six years old, a gifted boy decided to be an artist. His very first childhood drawing wasn't one of the sun or flowers or his parents. It was a picture of a boa constrictor digesting an elephant. When he proudly showed it to the adults around him, many of them congratulated him on his drawing of a hat. Confused by their inability to recognize the story he was telling with his art, he moved on to drawing number two, showing a cross-section of a boa constrictor with an elephant inside it, so it would be quite obvious even to grown-ups. While other children were excited by his drawing, the adults he showed it to shook their heads. It was so tiresome for the children to be constantly explaining things to adults. They encouraged the young boy to give up drawing and the arts altogether. Why didn't he try focusing on geography, arithmetic, 
or grammar instead. So, instead of pursuing the arts, he turned his attention to becoming a pilot. At least then, he'd be able to soar high above the clouds and see the world from a whole new perspective. Because the one perspective he had that was unmoving was his perception of adults. Although claiming to be concerned with important things, these grown-ups were just too sensible for their own good. And to test this, he would show every adult he encountered his drawing number one, and every adult that saw the drawing would, without fail, say that the drawing was of a hat. Hence, the boy knew they lacked true understanding, and that he could not talk to these adults about rainforests or stars all the random fanciful thoughts that made their way through his mind. Instead, he could only talk to them about sensible things, like politics and neckties. For quite some time, the pilot was lonely in this world of adults. But then, on fateful day, everything changed. Because on that day, he solemnly decided to embark on a solo journey. He hopped in his own little plane and took to the skies. High above the world, he could often find a kind of peace that seemed impossible to reach on the ground. He loved sailing high above the cottony clouds, feeling the weight of gravity disappear beneath him as he lifted higher and higher into the heavens. He loved the way the golden sun reflected off the tops of the clouds causing them to shimmer and shine in that breathtaking orange glow. He loved the way the world looked so small, yet so magical at the same time. He could see raging rivers be reduced to a lace of blue and turquoise winding its way through the countryside. He could watch the mountains as they transformed from towering, otherworldly behemoths to craggy bumps rising up out of the earth, bringing with them a mosaic of greens and browns and tans. Looking out over the countryside as a whole, was something that always took his breath away. He could see from those craggy mountain cliffs all the way 
to the sparkling sea in the distance that stretched on and on to the horizon. But on this fateful day, the pilot was flying somewhere that was perhaps even more remarkable. He took to the skies high above the Sahara Desert, one of the most isolated, desolate, and lonely places in the world. But up from the sky, it was also one of the most beautiful. The desert sand was a stunning array of colors and shapes. The sand was utterly smooth and without blemishes for miles on end, like an endless sea of calm. Then, out of nowhere, giant dunes seemed to reach up to kiss the baby blue sky. There were trails in the sand, swirls and brilliant designs that made it seem like nature itself was using the sand as its artistic canvas. The pilot loved every second of flying over the Sahara Desert. It reminded him of the magic and beauty of the world. But he never expected that he would be seeing this wild and wonderful landscape up close and personal. Suddenly, his plane began to creak and groan in the air. He began to lose altitude. And it became incredibly apparent that his plane was going down. As calmly as possible, he clung to the controls and guided the plane down, down to the sand. He watched as the dunes grew closer and closer to him, until they were towering over him. He landed with a crash, sending sand flying up into the simmering air in giant plumes. It wasn't the most pleasant landing, but he was relieved to find that he was all right. He hadn't been injured in the crash. However, his plane's engine was broken. He stumbled out onto the sand, listening to the crunch of it underneath his boots. It was clear that his plane wasn't going to be flying any time soon. He found himself in quite a predicament. From the sky, he had seen that there were no people, no homes, no resources for miles. And here he was, with few supplies, and no one to look to for help. Or 
Was there someone to look to for help? It was when he was doodling with a pencil and paper that he first realized he wasn't alone. A small, odd little voice chimed, Can you draw a sheep? Surprised, the pilot turned to see a small person standing before him. The little prince was petite, with bright blonde hair and curious eyes. At first, the pilot was uneasy about seeing such a young man in the desert. He knew that he would have to feed the child, care for the child, and help the child find his way home. Although, there was something very strange about him. The little prince didn't have a look of fear on his face at all. He didn't appear to be a boy concerned about being lost in the desert. The pilot told the little prince that he couldn't draw a sheep, but he could draw something else. With a smile beneath the searing desert sun, the pilot drew his drawing number one for the little prince. The little prince took the picture in his tiny hands and exclaimed, No, I don't want an elephant inside a boa constrictor. They are too dangerous and big. I need a sheep. The pilot drew the little prince sheep after sheep after sheep. But the little prince rejected each drawing, saying it wasn't the sheep he was looking for. Finally, running out of patience, the pilot drew a picture of a box. With a smile, he handed the drawing to the little prince, telling him that the box contained the exact sheep that he was looking for. The little prince hugged the picture, overjoyed. It was exactly what he had been hoping for. He wondered aloud if the sheep would have enough grass to eat in his box. After all, the box the sheep was living in was quite small. But... The pilot was much less concerned about the imaginary sheep in the imaginary box. He tried to ask the little prince where he came from, but the prince wasn't interested in answering questions. He was only interested in asking them. The little prince inspected the plane with childlike wonder, poking and prodding the metal pieces with a look of awe 
sparkling in his eyes. He asked the pilot what the purpose of the plane was. It allows me to fly through the sky, the pilot responded. A warm, comforted smile washed over the little prince's face. He was relieved to hear that he too came from the sky. He asked what planet he was from. Much to the pilot's surprise. In turn, the pilot posed the same question to the little prince, wondering if that would explain his presence in the desert. But, strangely, the little prince didn't answer. Instead, he admired his drawing with a smile on his face, thanking the pilot once more for drawing him such a wonderful sheep. Do you want me to draw a post and a rope to the sheep so he doesn't get lost? The pilot asked. But the little prince just chuckled, telling him that his planet was so small that there was no way the sheep could get lost. That was the pilot's first clue about where this little boy had come from. After looking at some astronomy maps, he determined that the boy was from asteroid B612, a tiny asteroid that was discovered way back in 1909. But that is only a detail that matters to grown-ups, because the pilot knew that grown-ups can only understand facts and figures. They don't care about true and real qualities in things. They measure the beauty of things based on their age or their price. Everything else is lost to them. They don't see a sheep in a box on a tiny planet. They see a square on a piece of paper, searing under the sun of the Sahara Desert. The next few days proved to be some of the most interesting of the pilot's life. The little prince and the pilot spent all their time together, working on the plane and walking through the sand nearby. With each sunset they watched and each sunrise that awakened them, they grew closer and closer together. And the pilot found out more and more about where this strange little boy came from. On the third day of their encounter, the little prince explained why he wanted the sheep in the first place. 
he wanted the sheep to eat the baobab seedlings that are sprouting on his planet. Baobabs are gigantic, beautiful trees with strong roots that weave their way through the soil. They are majestic, with tall, lofty branches and leaves that cast shade across big swathes of land. But there was a problem with the baobab trees. They could split the prince's planet into tiny pieces with their powerful roots. And it was the prince's job to make sure that didn't happen. He explained that all planets have good plants and bad plants, and it's important for people to remain vigilant and take care of bad plants as soon as they begin to grow, to avoid future disasters. The pilot couldn't help but notice how much insight the prince possessed about the world, thanks to those powerful, beautiful baobab trees. As they discussed the baobab trees, the two sat down in the sand to watch the sun make its way down over the horizon. The little prince was mesmerized by the colors before them. The way the sunset painted the sky, a beautiful mosaic of pinks, reds, oranges, and purples, making the horizon and the sand dunes around them come alive with color. In a tiny voice, he told the pilot that on his planet, you could see the sunset whenever you want by simply moving a few feet. One day, he saw the sunset 44 times. Only then did the pilot realize how incredibly small the little prince's planet truly was. As the sun finally swept over the horizon on that day, the pilot found himself watching as the little prince drifted off to sleep. He seemed so small in this vast, endless desert. He couldn't imagine the young boy with such a vivid imagination. This young boy who felt things so deeply, being here all by himself. When the fifth day rose upon them, the pilot knew he had to get to work. The plane still wasn't working, and their food and water was rapidly running out. He spent the majority of the morning trying to piece the engine together and get it working. Meanwhile, the little prince paced around, looking at his sheep drawing with concern. 
he asked the frustrated, busy pilot, if the sheep will eat both bushes and flowers on his planet. Sheep will eat anything, the pilot replied. The little prince's concern only grew. Even flowers with thorns? What good are thorns if they aren't going to protect the flowers? He mused. But the pilot could not think of flowers, nor sheep, nor distant planets, nor the sweet questions of the universe that begged to be answered. All he could think of was their survival, frustrated with their situation. He lashed out at the little prince, telling him he was busy with important matters. The little prince balled his tiny hands into fists, wounded and angry. Important matters? You're acting like a grown-up, he declared. If someone loves a flower, of which just one example exists among all the millions and millions of stars, that is enough to make him happy when he looks at the stars. He tells himself, my flower is up there somewhere. But if the sheep eats the flower, then for him, it is as if suddenly all the stars went out. And that isn't important. The pilot stopped working on the plane. The words washed over him in a powerful wave. And immediately after, the little prince began to sob. The pilot glided to his side and took the young boy in his arms, comforting him. Getting out of the desert was, indeed, important. But his new friend's happiness was the most important matter of all. After all, all they had in the world right now was each other and the stories shared between them. The flower will be just fine, I promise, the pilot whispered, soothing his young companion. What if I draw a muzzle on the sheep while you tell me about this beautiful flower of yours? The prince smiled wiping the tears away from his bright blue eyes. He plopped down in the sand and turned his gaze up into the sky, into the universe where, somewhere, his beloved flower remained. One day, he explained, he discovered a new plant sprouting on his planet. At first, he feared it may be a new type of baobab. But, as he watched it grow, day after day, it became clear that it was far 
far from the baobabs he was used to seeing. The plant soon revealed itself to be a rose. Amidst the inky blackness of space, she was a glowing beacon of beauty, a splash of red against the sea of darkness. Her beauty overwhelmed the little prince at once. He had never seen a plant like her before, and she brought him great joy. She told him that she was the only flower of her kind in the entire universe, and she was the most beautiful of all plants. She was, indeed, a beautiful creature, though she was vain. Day after day, she demanded that the little prince take care of her. He watered her to keep her hydrated and vibrant. He put a globe over her at night to keep her warm and toasty. He made a screen to protect her from the wind that threatened to bend her petals. And, though he was serving her day in and day out, the prince loved her dearly. But, one day, the prince caught the rose lying to him. She mentioned how where she came from was less windy. Though, the prince watched her sprout up on his planet. Her minor lie made the prince doubt everything in their relationship so far. Was her love and care for him sincere? Or was it based on a lie because she wanted to be cared for? The questions spiraling in his mind from this one lie caused the little prince to grow more and more doubtful over time. He began to feel lonely and betrayed by the rose. So, he decided he needed to leave his planet. In preparation, he carefully cleaned out two of his active volcanoes and the third extinct one too, just to be safe. As he watered the rose one final time, he was holding back tears. He lifted up the dome to put it over the rose as he said his last goodbye. The rose took a long moment before she apologized to the prince she promised that she loved him and told him there was no need for him to put the dome over her again. She promised she would be fine without him caring for her anymore. She urged him to leave, turning away so he wouldn't see the tears roll down her petals. The little prince did as he was told, and With the help of a flock of wild birds, he took off into the universe, stopping at six asteroids 
on each asteroid, he encountered adults that were impossibly strange. Adults that told him much about the universe and the way it works, or doesn't work. On the first asteroid, the little prince found himself standing before a king who had no subjects. Yet, he commanded much authority. He wore a spectacular, breathtaking fur cloak and sat upon a throne of gold and jewels. The king proudly declared that he was the ruler of the universe. With rain over every star, the little prince could see. And yet, when the little prince asked the king to command a sunset, the king replied that the sun would, of course, obey him, but that they would have to wait until 7.40. The little prince couldn't help but notice the king searching through an almanac before deciding on the time. The king desperately invited the little prince to stay on his planet and serve as the minister of justice, a role which felt pointless to the little prince, since there was no one on the asteroid to judge. The little prince moved on, confused by the king's strange actions. The second planet was inhabited by a conceited man who only craved praise and admiration, clinging to the idea of being the most admirable person on his strangely unpopulated planet. On the third planet, he encountered a drunkard couldn't stop drinking because he was desperate to forget the shame he felt caused by the drinking. The fourth planet belonged to a businessman. He hardly had a second to spare and muttered good morning to the little prince as he greeted him. The businessman was obviously very busy, counting and cataloging the stars visible in the sky. Why did he do that? Well, to own them, of course. Because that would make him rich, he explained. And after he got rich, he could then buy more stars if new ones would be discovered. He had no time to talk because he was dealing with important matters. The fifth asteroid was the smallest yet, and it had just enough room on it for a street lamp and a lamplighter. The lamplighter explained politely that he was under orders to light the lamp in the evening and extinguish it in the morning. His orders used to make sense, but lately, planet has begun to turn faster and faster. Now, 
a day on this planet lasts only one minute. The little prince watched in awe as the lamplighter lit the lamp with stunning orange embers that illuminated the entire tiny planet in a soft, breathtaking glow. Then, as soon as the flame of the lamp began to grow, the lamplighter would extinguish the flames, causing a plume of smoke to rise up and up and up into the sky. The little prince watched this eternal dance for quite some time. He commended the lamplighter on his sense of duty and obligation, and on the beauty that he brought into the world with his tiny flame. But when the prince suggested the lamplighter walk along with the sunset so he could take a break, his suggestion fell on deaf ears. The lamplighter continued his eternal dance with the light, strictly following the original orders. The little prince was sad to leave the lamplighter, whom he had grown so fond of, and as many as 1,440 potential sunsets a day. But there were other places to explore. The sixth planet was vast, maybe even ten times bigger than the previous. An elderly geographer greeted the little prince from behind a stately desk hoping that the visitor might be an explorer. The little prince was very excited and inquired about the oceans or mountains adorning this vast planet. Surprisingly, the geographer had no knowledge of them since he was not, strictly speaking, an explorer. So he never went anywhere or saw any of the things he was supposed to record. Since the geographer was very interested in the geography of the little prince's planet, the boy told him about his three volcanoes and baobabs and his precious rose. I have no interest in roses, the geographer said. They are ephemeral. They disappear quickly. My rose is ephemeral, the little prince muttered, and she is all alone in the world, with only four thorns to defend herself. After a sharp pang of regret, the little prince gathered his courage once more, and on cartographer's recommendation, decided to visit planet Earth, perhaps the most puzzling of all the places he explored. He found himself in the desert, with no one around for miles. He thought that he found himself 
on an uninhabited planet, much like his own. But soon, the little prince encountered a yellow snake that claimed to have the power to return him to his home, if he ever wished to return. He was not sure about the proposal, so he traveled across the desert, searching for people. In the desert, he came across a desert flower with three petals. She once saw a caravan, so she told the prince that there were very few people on earth, maybe six or seven in total and that they had no roots. They journeyed wherever the wind took them, which made life incredibly challenging for them. The prince scoured the vast, desolate landscape in search of people, in search of more. He followed a dirt road that wound through the desert one day. As he walked, along the dirt path, listening to the crunch, crunch of the ground beneath his feet. A flash of green and red came into view more and more. As he grew closer, the unmistakable smell of fresh flowers washed over him. He was standing before a rose garden that stretched as far as the eye could see. He had once thought that his beloved Rose was unique, that no other like her existed in the entire universe. And now, he could see that wasn't true. The little prince was devastated. He lay down in the grass of the garden, and began to cry. As he cried, a little fox appeared. Still upset over finding out that his beloved Rose was just ordinary, the prince asked the fox if he would play with him. First, you need to tame me, the fox replied. He explained to the little prince that taming means to establish ties. At the moment, the fox and the little prince meant nothing to one another. But if the little prince were to tame the fox, they would be connected and need each other. They would be unique and special to one another. They would maybe share a friendship. The fox told the little prince that if he tamed him, he would have footsteps to look forward to rather than to run away from. The golden wheat fields would fill the fox with glee because they would remind him of the beautiful golden hair of his friend. Over time, the little prince gradually tamed the fox, and came to realize that a certain flower had tamed him. 
when it was time for the little prince to go. The fox wept softly, though he thanked him for giving him a reason to see the wheat fields and appreciate their beauty. As the little prince walked off to the horizon, the fox told him to visit the rose garden one more time. Then he would finally see why the rose on his planet was so deeply special to him. The prince went to the rose garden, as the fox had told him to. At the garden, tucked between the fragrant blossoms and leaves, the little prince began to realize how much his rose truly meant to him. All these roses may have been just as beautiful, but they were not his rose. His rose is unique to him because he loved her and cared for her. Feeling enlightened by this revelation, the prince returned to give one final goodbye to the fox. The fox was proud of the lessons the little prince had learned. In a quiet voice, as they sat overlooking the wheat fields, the fox told him something important. Only the heart can see clearly. The eyes miss what is important. The time that the prince spent with his beloved Rose and the connection that he forged with her is what makes her special. I hope you've enjoyed this story and it has brought you a night of peaceful, relaxing sleep. Please join me again tomorrow for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.